welcome to my podcast on purple hibiscus. So for make a prediction, I chose chapter two. And so basically in this chapter, Mama tells Kim, Kim Billy, probably can pronounce her name wrong a lot. So just hang in with me as we chill out for the next 12 minutes. So Mama tells Kim Billy that she's pregnant and in the past, um, Kim Billy tells us that Mama has had multiple miscarriages and that um, Papa was going to leave Mama, but since Papa's a good man in that sense, he did not leave Mom. And so she comes in with this beautiful news that she's pregnant. Um, and so my prediction is that I think um, Mama is going to ha- give birth to a baby girl in the next few months. And then later in the chapter, Papa and Jaja, Jaja, or just hang out with me that one too, are playing chess and they hear that there'll be a new government in Nigeria and right away Papa stops playing the game of chess and gets up to call someone. Um, so with regards to that, I do think that there's going to be a new form of government in Nigeria and that the government's going to be bad and get violent, violent and somehow Papa is involved or going to get connected with that government because if he got up so quickly already to make a phone call to someone that, like, he needed to talk about because, like, he heard on the radio about the new government. And so, obviously, he needed to call someone. I think he's going to be in, like, in the center of the political, um, or politics. And I think it's going to cause tensions in the family. I don't know, like, I think it's just going to make the whole family a little tense and could endanger the rest of the family, honestly, if he's in the center of the bad government. And the government's going to go violent or if he tries to be an upstander and stop. So, I think... He might be involved with the government. Episode 2. Summarize a chapter. I chose chapter 11 to summarize. So, in this chapter, it opens up with Aide Kokker was assassinated in his home by a bomb. When um, Billy and Jaja came home, they found Papa crying. So he's very obviously upset with the loss of his friend Aid. And so Papa funds the funeral and pays for a new house for the family. And I just kind of found this ironic that he's spending all this new money in <laughs> for um, Aid's family. I mean, totally, like, given with the circumstances going on. But I just thought it was kind of ironic with how he didn't spend on his family. But nonetheless, so... When Papa is gone, Billy goes into a room and takes the painting of Papa Nunca and Jaja comes in and they start to look at the painting and trace the painting and really awe or in awe of the talent of the painting and kind of commemorate him for a couple seconds. And Papa comes home and he sees the painting and Camille and Jaja are both claiming for the painting saying it's theirs and like kind of backing up each other as siblings. But then Papa rips up the painting and Camille tries to pick up the pieces of the painting on the floor while Papa keeps yelling at her. And he puts on his metal boots and strikes her with the belt and basically beats her until she passes out on the floor. And the last thing she smells is the paint. And so she wakes up in the hospital and she is very hurt with internal bleeding and broken ribs. And is um, Mama and Papa are crying over the bed, which was so ironic that Papa's saying, oh, my precious daughter, when he seriously just beat his kid up. And then Aunt Ifioma convinces Papa that Kambilia and Jaja should live with them for a while to really make sure 
um, Kimberly is properly healed and doesn't go back home because she could be beaten up again um, to make sure her condition doesn't go worse. And every time when Papa looks over at Kimberly in the hospital bed, Kimberly looks her head away and just kind of is like, like, why are you here? You did this to me and you're putting me in pain. Also in this chapter, her classmates came to visit um, when she went to the hospital, and then it just ends and she goes back with Aunt Fioma and Jaja and lives with them, at least till Easter. All right, episode three, identify and explain literary techniques. I did mine on chapter eight. So in this chapter, I'm going to be talking about the symbolism of the purple hibiscus and what that means for different characters. So in chapter 8, to give a little background information, Jaja and Kimberly go to Aunt Ifioma's house. Um, and Jaja goes into the garden in the back of the house and just like kind of looks around. And he notices a purple hibiscus plant in the back. Um, and I feel like for Jaja, this plant represents his freedom and his individuality for him. And he sees the plant in the ground and the flowers are blooming. And this could show his freedom and that his freedom is blooming shortly. And he feels trapped right now. And he feels like he's never going to get out of this bad place he's in and being attacked by his father. And I feel like seeing the purple hibiscus, his freedom is in reach. Like, it gives him hope that there is a better future out there for him. And that he's not going to be stuck in his dad's house forever and that seeing the colors of that purple hibiscus, it's just kind of a symbol for him. He goes out, he's in Aunt Ifioma's house, he goes out into the garden, he sees this flower, and he's like, okay. It's kind of like a new brush of fresh air. Like, he kind of takes and be like, okay, I'm not going to be here forever. There's more to life that I didn't know about. In this garden, there's more life. There's more life out there than this house. And even when he takes it back home and puts it in the back of the fridge, like just keeping it with him, is just symbolizing that, symbolizing his freedom and his hope for a new and better life eventually, and he will get there. And I feel like keeping the purple hibiscus close to him is just going to indicate that more for him and showing that he will be free one day. Episode 4, Identify and Explain a Theme. I chose chapter four to do this. So throughout the novel, violence is a very prevalent theme it is over and over again you see violence not only with Kabili and Jaja's home life with Papa but also in Nigeria with the new government how violence has affected their country and how it's affected their living in more than two sense in more than two ways which a child should not go through let alone home life but also having the violence in their country they're just surrounded by it throughout the entire book and I chose chapter four to talk about the theme because it gives us like a taste of kind of like the fear instilled in the household and kind of like how they're expected to act and how if they don't act or succeed a certain way that they will get punished and they will get beat. And I feel like in this chapter, you just really see it and you see how nervous she gets. So Camille comes in second in her class, which I would be insanely proud if I came in second in my class. Like that's insane but she hears that Jaja came in first and Papa goes hugs him and she remember a time that she came in second or Jaja came in second and they got beat 
And so she gets scared and she tenses up. The pop will come in and punish her and beat her. And so it just shows how feared they are of Papa and how it affects them throughout the novel and how it affects them going out and talking to other people. Like, she can't, she's scared to talk to her classmates. Like, she's scared to talk to her aunt at her aunt's house. Like, she's just very, very scared of everything because her home life is so strict and horrible. Like, she's scared to talk at home, so how is she supposed to learn? Home is where you make the mistakes. You make the mistakes of talking wrong or you make a mistake you mess up somewhere and then you go out and you learn from that mistake so you go out and you fix it so when you're in the real world you don't you're not making those same mistakes and she can't do that in the home life so she's not even doing it out there either which is just because of this fear of this violence but then also in Nigeria with the government and how it had a state being overturned there's fighting and riots all over the country so you also see the violence in that Episode 5, Apply a Literary Lens. I chose chapter 1. So I'm going to be um, talking about post-colonialism and how has it impacted the people in Nigeria. So the first chapter shows, obviously, post-colonialism and how it has affected people, but also more specifically, how it has affected Kambili's dad, dad, or as he's called in the book, Papa. So she explains that um, Papa has Catholic tradition and how they speak English instead of Igbo. I feel like I'm butchering that and I'm very sorry. Um, so this is the effect of post-colonialism because obviously the native language to Nigeria Igbo and um, obvious, or not obviously, <laughs> but their religion is not Catholic and that was brought over by someone. That was either brought over by the French or the British or, I don't know, German or whatever. Um, and K- Papa, to the letter, follows the Catholic tradition. Um, and you see that because on, they it opens with a book, them celebrating Palm Sunday and Easter, which are Catholic holidays, um, and not Igbo holidays. And Jaja refuses to take the piece of communion. And throughout the entire novel... But mostly, not the entire, you see it. But in chapter one, it's like we get a taste that they sing English songs and at the Catholic church and they speak English and everyone has to be Catholic. And if you're not Catholic, Papa's like, oh no. And so it's just very interesting to me how I didn't realize it was post-colonialism until we talked about it in class later. I was like, oh, okay, that yeah, that makes sense. And how it was brought over and how someone must have instilled it in Papa and like the fear of not doing it or not following it directly um, had an effect on him. And I feel like maybe that is the way Papa is with the violence and everything on because of this post-colonialism that it was drilled into him. And that's why he follows it so strictly. And that's why he's drilling, literally, but not literally, but drilling it into his kids. Okay, the last episode of this podcast is Make a Connection and Reflect. So I feel like with the text we've read today, the purple hibiscus is similar to The Stranger. And I kind of took not like a jump, but I feel like in, this is kind of what I was thinking when I was reading both texts. So in The Stranger, I feel like Marceau was trying to escape himself and find himself. I feel like the whole time 
we weren't getting the full Merceau. We got a glimpse. Okay, no more Merceau. Oh, we got a glimpse here. Oh, no more. You know, we feel like we got glimpses, and I feel like Merceau was stuck inside himself almost, that we couldn't read his thoughts, and he wasn't explaining it because he was so in his head and stuck inside himself. And in Purple Hibiscus, Kimbilly and Jaja, and mostly Jaja, are trying to escape their life from their papa, and they are stuck inside. They are stuck inside this abusive household. They're stuck inside this country that is under attack and is violent. Their violence is all over in their life. And eventually in The Stranger, Marceau is free, but his free is death. Um, and I feel like when he, he didn't die in the book, but assuming he dies, I feel like that's when he's going to be set free. That's when, Mer- like, he's just, I don't know. That's kind of what I was getting from that book. And I feel like in this book, um, Jaja becoming free, he's in prison for three years. But now after, he will be free. Like, he is in prison, which he's still kind of free from Papa because Papa died. But after two years, he is going to be free as well. And so I kind of connected the two on just showing how both these characters are trapped. They were trapped throughout the entire book. And we didn't get a good character analysis of Marceau. Like, we just kind of got, like, oh, kind of a quirky dude. All right, I'm chilling with that, vibing with that. And with Jaja, we kind of got that he was stuck and he was always trying to be free with the purple hibiscus and these symbols that represent he needed hope to find freedom. And at the end of the book, Marceau died and Jaja is now going to be free without Papa over him and he's going to be able to live his life.